Hello, everyone. Welcome to Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast. For music lovers. We've got another exciting episode planned for you today, but before we get into it, as always at the top of the episode, we would like to remind all of you to like and subscribe and comment and share and rate our podcast on iTunes. And write your congressman. Write your con- your congressman. Tell him about us. Tell him tell your congressman <laughs> about getting the garage. I would also like D- to Dick Blumenthal. He's our senator. I would also like to send an apology out real quick. Uh, there were some technical difficulties uh, with the uploading of the past two episodes on the three audio only. No, not the three. Just the two. Oh, I was wondering. Yeah, okay. Just yeah, the two. Yeah, I was two. like, what's up with Spotify? It's jamming. Yeah, and Luke's like, hey, did you, what's going on with the last two episodes? And I'm like, I uploaded them, and then I looked, and it was like they were uploaded to Anchor, but they weren't published. Uh, so those are published now, so you can listen to episode 100 and 101. Thanks a lot, Anchor. Thanks a lot. No, we that was lo- we me. We love you, Anchor. That was me. That was my fault. <laughs> anyway, um, as we always do, we're going to start the top of the episode off with some music news. Ding, 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 we're doing the theme ding, song ding, first. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, yes. Let's do the theme song first. I'm sorry, guys. I We're going to recreate it live. Ready? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? This is going to fuck me all up in pause. Hold on. Let's start it now. There we go. <laughs> Jesus. We, me and you did a fine job. Did a pretty good job. I thought it's, uh, it was pretty close to the original. It was good. Both were recorded in GarageBand. <laughs> Shout out to GarageBand. Thank you, GarageBand. GarageBand, helping us get into the garage. Since 1997. Yeah. Also... It's your loop it again. Also, yeah, uh, we are doing a uh, Garage Rock episode today. Everything Garage Rock, all oh, things Garage yes. Rock. We yes, have we are. New Garage Rock reviews to give you, and uh, yeah, all sorts of great stuff. We're gonna keep it garagey. It'll be awesome. In yep. music news. In music news. What's Luke? on the docket? In music news, uh, I need the the bleep again, guys. The bleep. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Did you guys see that Guar got their own documentary? <laughs> what? You did not. A Guar documentary? <laughs> yeah. It came, <laughs> it came out on July 21st on the um Shutter um app. Shutter is I know you're looking at me like that. It's the um streaming app for like horror movies. Um Oh. So, oh. it's kind of like buried a little bit, but um Shutter. it got advertised to me and I see you guys both got very excited about it. So, I think you can purchase it as well to watch, but um if you I would I wouldn't, it's on Shutter. I wouldn't put my reaction under very excited. Um I would say, Michael got I'd say, so excited. I, I, confused. Mine was a confused reaction. Yeah, <laughs> also I don't know if I would pay to watch a Guar documentary. I might pay to watch a Guar documentary. What's it's, the I mean they're monsters. I mean it's but like That's it. <laughs> they've been a, a successful touring the band the, documentary. the whole time. Some kind of monster <laughs> think about it think of how many bands another kind of monster think, kind of monster. think, of, kind think of about monster. how many bands have faltered and then they're just like more fake semen more <laughs> fake blood yeah so it's exciting they got their own movie i want to know yeah. where the ideas came from why they've um been coming in space for so long 
<laughs> um, you know, that I want to know all these things. <laughs> Why have they been coming in space for so long? They're space yeah. monsters who from like Jupiter or ejaculate fake semen from oh, their I costumes did, on stage. This, well, this this is all the more reason why I have to watch the documentary. Yeah. I, I don't know the backstory. I don't know the history of Guar. Everybody that doesn't know Guar, you should look up some Guar. They're pretty interesting yeah. and, uh, you know, yeah. a great musical history and legacy there. Yeah, so... Uh, Check it out. Do you have anything for us? Am I the sole person? I have, with I have one. News? No, yeah, got? we have. I have something. Um, Go ahead, Jeff. Today is Wednesday, and Beyonce's new album Renaissance comes out this coming Friday, and her album actually leaked yesterday, possibly, possibly two days ago, and uh, which is a big deal because her last couple albums have been surprise drops with you know non-disclosed agreements and all that stuff, and they haven't leaked. Um, I'm not surprised that this one leaked though, because unlike her previous two albums, she actually like put out the track list weeks ago. I saw that. So people were able to put their fucking bots and algorithms to search out these titles and find files wherever people find pirated stuff. And whereas previous albums, it's like nobody knew anything about it. So like, what can Damn. you research to right. try to find it? Hmm. So you put out the whole track listing. Like I'm, I'm not surprised at all that leaked, but it is. Um, I don't know. I would say maybe unfortunate because it was cool that she had this streak of unleaked albums and event type things, but also like the flack files and all that are out there. I'm not going to look them up. I'm going well, to yeah, wait. wait two more days and I like to wait to, to see the finished product. Yeah. See what the artist intended. I might go back later and look at some demos and shit and see yeah. afterwards if I'm obsessed with it. But so if it's been leaked, so like, can you? I mean, I would imagine it's it's not obviously it's not available on a streaming service no, or no, anything. No, no, no. But it's no, just, just like maybe all I'm pirated like, stuff. You, all a it. couple YouTube videos that keep getting flagged down real fast, kind of uh, stuff. Yeah. Did you have a chance to listen to anything? No, purposely no. not going to. Yeah. Well, good. Good. Yes. Also, guys, I know Lars got a bad rep for the whole Napster thing, but like. You know. I'm on Lars's side. I'm on Lars's side. Can we make shirts that say that? I'm on LimeWire's side. I'm, on I'm, Lime. I'm with Lars. I'm with Lars. <laughs> I'm with LimeWire. Delete that. Delete that. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I mean, it's just like, yeah, because I could find the files right now. I know what kind of sites that they're on. The, but Wait, the files they're are in the, in the computer? They're on the pirate bay, dude. Ahoy. Ahoy. But um, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to look them up. And We will be giving a uh, full album review, though, so. Yeah. yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah, we'll give a full album review. Um, my music news. Uh, I don't know. We, I mean, we talked about it briefly um, before we started recording. Um, but people, people are mad at Bruce Springsteen, and I know people are actually mad because they play the radio at work, and they were talking about it on the radio. Uh, were they? Yes, they yeah, were. So the news is is that. Um, Let's see. Let me let me read the headline. Ticketmaster defends Bruce Springsteen oh, ticket right prices you know that reached five thousand dollars. See, this is. The the whole story is that they're doing um, on-demand pricing, right? So, like, if yeah. the demand is high for when they drop the tickets, the prices will surge up. If there's no demand, they will surge to a normal level. Um, whatever you may, it's their, you know, they're kind of like, these are like elite things, but um, like Jeff said, you're on the wrong side. Like Pearl Jam, like tried to beat down Ticketmaster in the '90s. Um, Ticketmaster is a really terrible company. Um, check out that John Oliver piece he did on Ticketmaster. Um, I hmm. shouted it out on the show months ago, but it is a really great thing. Um, also, the Rolling Stone article on private gigs um, has a lot to do with this as yep, well. Yep. Um, 
you know, if they don't want the, this is the thing. I feel like artists should just kind of do more private events where it's like you, it, this is what this is and then have more like general public events. So people don't get mad. Um, and you can have like both ways because like, um, this way is, um, kind of alienating, I guess, like the working class people who Bruce Springsteen stands for, um, in his music a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, which is I- why this is why the rub, I think, you know what I mean? Cause if it was like a pop artist, they'd be like, this is a pop artist, but like Bruce Springsteen's like, he's like for the people. But it kind of made his money on the feel i mean back of the working class well yeah yep. i mean there's i i yep. i forget which uh and now you're like having a podcast with the president and like your tickets are super expensive yeah i mean i remember listening to a henry rollins episode podcast episode and i think he was i don't know if he was on a podcast or or something i mean he might have been on joe rogue or something but you know to give uh, as a reference point you know i remember him talking about this idea of being like you know i didn't want to you know, because he like be a working class guy and have my life be a Bruce Springsteen lyric. He literally said that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, to give you an idea, yeah, Bruce Springsteen. It's you know he's Jersey's own. He's the boss. He's the you know he's the the working class man. He's like he Bruce Springsteen to New Jersey is kind of like Bob Seger is to Detroit. He's you know he's the guy. You know, so yeah. The headline though is about the peak price prices yeah and it was which is like I am not surprised front row ticket at Bruce Springsteen concert is gonna be a couple thousand bucks like, yeah this has like kind of been going demand this, this has been going this way for a yeah. long time yeah. um you know it kind of what would you pay for, to see Bruce Springsteen I, I'm not a big Bruce Spring, Springsteen fan Most I mean I pay 50 bucks for lawn tickets <laughs> For real, like if I'm yeah, for yeah. real, come the, on now, because like the, he's seventy two years old, he's not gonna be around. It's much fifty longer. bucks for me too. Like yeah. it's fifty dollars okay. lawn seats. I'm not. I'm it not. I'll more bring a hippie blanket and toss it on the ground yeah, and watch him from I, the lawn. I'd want to pay seventy five. I would pay up to a hundred dollars to see Bruce Springsteen. He does. He he performs for like two but hours like, and forty five minutes. Same thing with like he does put on a long show. You get your money's worth when you go like, see him. That's pa- for sure. Paul McCartney. I love Paul McCartney, but like. For my like brains worth, I'm not mm. gonna pay more than a hundred dollars because it's just like yeah. I'm not. Yeah, hundred dollars is my peak for like those legacy bands. Yeah, it's, it's like, like well, right. maybe Paul, I'll see them once ever. Yeah. Ten years ago, I I spent a hundred bucks to see Paul Simon in like a smaller venue, and that was like the price point well, for me. I was yeah. like, that's what I would spend for this. Didn't you go see Brian Wilson recently? I did. Those were free comp tickets, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say like how much were those? How much when you went to go see the Stones a couple years back? How much did you pay for the Stones tickets? I bought those resale. Like those weren't bad. That's exactly. They were sixty five dollars. Yeah. But see, from resale. what I read on this article, that's what they're trying to like. So Ticketmaster is trying yeah. to get around like the the Seat resale and, and the right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all that stuff. So, I mean, I, I, I guess I get it, but I, like you said, I think it really is sort of alienating the working class folks who, like, just want to go and have a good night and go see well, Bruce Springsteen. they'll go see their local, you know, cover band, play all the Bruce Springsteen material, and they'll yeah. feel just as happy, I'm sure. Like, no, it's not like that. Set out kind, your speakers on your lawn. That kind of what it is, man. Play the yeah. records. Yeah. Um, True. I got like uh, Joni Mitchell's back. Joni Mitchell had a brain aneurysm in, I believe, 2015, and they were like, she really, no one really thought she was ever going to be able to sing or play again. And she made an appearance at the Newport Folk Festival yep. on Sunday, where she came out and sang and played guitar. Um, and it was like a major comeback for the artists. And um, I'm going to probably say just for like people that have ever had a struggle in their life that of like um, a medical struggle. And she like 
um, Gino kind of, you know, faced that down and um, really came out in, in a big way. And it was yeah. like really, a lot of people were really happy to see her. Sang with Brandy Carlisle. And... Yeah. And um, very cool. Played yeah. that cool Parker guitar. You sounds, see her holding that yeah, thing? She sounds good. The man. CKY guitar? Yeah, man. It's a she, dope guitar. Beautiful voice. Yeah. So that was really cool. I and s- uh, a legacy uh, venue, and or I mean, a legacy festival that we talked about a couple episodes, episode 100, um, yeah. the Newport Folk Festival. So very fitting. And she's uh, the queen of that. So she was literally sitting on a throne. Yeah, because yeah. she's the queen of folk music. I mean, yeah. Like, who gets more? With a, bur- with a beret on. Yeah, she's and like, the beret. And like, the long double braids. Yeah. Jo- Joan Baez cries enviously the from the sides of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, why There's am I not respect. a better writer? Yeah, well, no you know. Yeah, I saw an interview with her when she was talking about it, and they were asking her about, you know, how she relearned the songs and stuff. And she's like, oh, I just, like, watched old videos of myself on YouTube on the on the net, she said. I watched videos of myself on the net. <laughs> And I was watching what my hands were doing, and then I just relearned my songs. Said every person who ever learned how to play drop D guitar. I just watched their hands. I, yeah, well. <laughs> but good for her. We're happy. Um, also, this week in uh, Neil Young news, uh, <laughs> Neil Young announced that he is not quite ready to start touring again. So We're not, not that... quite ready to see him. <laughs> how much you pay to see Neil Young? 25 bucks. Uh, uh, see, I'm gonna, no, that's how I, much I'd you'd have to pay me. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to pay me. I think I'd pay like 100 bucks. To go see just go, listen, all you have to do is just find out whereabouts <laughs> he is and just go fishing on that fucking lake that he's, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, his studio, that lake that he <laughs> mixes his albums on, you know, catch a couple of striped bass and, uh, you know, and listen to the new, listen to the same old Neil Young album remixed. Um, just oh, in man. some other, uh, real fast here, uh, the band off with Keith Morris of the circle jerks is, uh, making a new album for the first time since 2014. And they are also going to star in a new movie called free LSD. It's like a comedy movie, which features uh, the band heavily. So that should be fun and interesting. A lot of bands making movies have another movie here coming Sounds out. Sounds like a nightmare. You ready? For- <laughs> oh, that movie does sound like a nightmare. Um, a bunch of like 60 year old punk guys. Uh... It could be could go anyway. We'll we'll find out. Uh, the David Bowie movie uh, Moonlight Daydream, featuring um, archival uh, footage of David Bowie, oh. uh, released a teaser trailer. I don't believe there's any dates for that yet, but um, it has shown at some film festivals. So uh, check mm. out that teaser trailer. It's really cool. All uh, it has like Bowie's like um, voice in it, and all <laughs> footage you've never seen before. Um, and something I hope we're gonna cover on the show. Um, another movie, this is the last movie I'm going to talk about today. I know it was a lot of movies, but uh, Woodstock 99 oh. documentary coming out August 3rd on Netflix. A three-part series. Another, oh, interesting. So uh, yeah. we will uh, meet, I think what uh, my plan to do is, is uh, I think me and Mike are going to obsess about Woodstock 99, and I think we are going to make the podcast for all podcasts on Woodstock 99. I think we're just going to do, a, me, and, me and Mike go hard on it. Yeah, you want to? Yeah, I Let's think do it. I think we're gonna go over every band, every set, everything. We're gonna prepare. Get ready, Buck Cherry. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. The rolling. last song played at Woodstock '99, Megadeth's "Peace Sells," but who's, who's buying? buying? Oh yeah, so timely. Yeah, well, oh, speaking of which, Megadeth, their new album's coming out pretty soon. They released the single, uh, and I saw a snippet of Kirk Hammett uh, reacting to it. Now, the album is due out, I think, September 6th is the release date. 
Um, but it's, uh, I can't remember the name of the track, but it's pretty cool. I listened to it and, uh, I saw a little snippet of a video of Kirk Hammett listening to it, like a reaction video. And, uh, you know, I mean, from what I saw, what I, it seemed to me like the light was leaving Kirk Hammett's eyes because <laughs> he's like, shit, they Hello still got me. it. Meet the real me. Anyway, so there you have it. Music news. Are you guys good with music news? Shall I'm we move on? Music news. All right, Luca. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you tell us about our our first new album review? Because this is your this is your boy right here. Um. Yeah. So this is uh. You know. Um, this is Ty Siegel. Ty Siegel's uh California boy. He's like the king of uh, the modern garage rock in a lot of senses. Um. He's very prolific, releases uh, multiple albums. He's really a uh, year. He's quite slowed down the past like mm-hmm. couple years where he's kind of doing like only one or two where he used to do like three or four a year. Mm-hmm. Um, his new album we're going to be talking about today is Hello High, produced by him, plays most of the instruments on this record. Um, we have Charles Moonhart on drums on a couple tracks and um, Michael Cronin who plays saxophone on a track as well. These are, um, if you're familiar with Ty Siegel, um, those names are very familiar in his stable. Um, They play in his live band and have been with him for years, but uh, this is a mostly Ty Siegel solo event, like most of his uh, albums really are for the past kind of like seven years actually probably like 10 more like 10 years now so yeah this is his 14th studio album so i've been told yeah that's what they say uh there's like i mean i made the ty siegel record wall uh you know which you can check on the get in the garage instagram page and that was uh 24 records that i just owned personally and i know i'm missing a couple so yeah there's a lot of EPs and comps and stuff yeah Yeah. and uh you know singles collections live albums all that great stuff incredibly Uh, prolific man covers albums yeah also, uh, uh, the band that he was in was the band Fuzz. Yes, he which also is, plays in the band Fuzz, which yeah, is a heavy metal trio. Which was my sort of introduction to Ty Siegel. Um, but yeah, let's get into the album. Um, you know, I can I can just say like I'm I'm not as well versed uh, in Ty. You know, with his music, say as much as you or even my wife for that matter. Jade loves Ty Siegel. She's a huge Ty Siegel fan. But um, Harmonizer was the last record that came out before this one. This is a little bit of a different kind of a vibe. Um, yeah, Harmonizer for, for came Siegel. out last August, and that was a kind of like sludge, electronic-y guitar record. Yeah. Um, you know, still hung in the garage rock kind of uh, genre. But this record seems to be a very acoustic affair, mm-hmm. um, very lighthearted and, like, kind of carefree. Um, I found it to be, you know, it was just really, like, Throw, it was really acoustic-y for him because he's usually heavy on the electric and fuzz and layered guitars and all that. Um, this album reminds me of another record of his, I think from 2013, called Sleeper, which was also largely acoustic. Um, yep, 2013 and, Sleeper, yeah. Well, I'm good on that one, see? And it's that... Um, that album reminds me of this album a lot. Um, the other album, Sleeper, a little more heavy with like the subject matter, where this one seems a little bit more like light and playful. Um, yeah. And I'll give you the example of like what I think is the centerpiece of the album, the song Saturday, part one and two, where the first part is done acoustically, and then the second part is kind of like a um, rave-up electrified mm-hmm. version of that with a wonderful saxophone solo um, at the end. That was that song. And um, I believe, like, those are the kind of the centerpiece of the album, and it really, like, plays along, like, the lazy Saturday vibe, and it works well on the acoustic song, and it works well on, like, the the more, like, electrified stonery version of it. 
Um, and that's the Saturday lazy vibe is the complete vibe of the whole record for me. That's why it also works as the centerpiece. It's also split into two tracks, and it would be probably mm. like seven minutes long if you played it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, re- I really enjoyed the record. I thought it was fun. There was moments I called Jeff earlier today, too, and I was like, Am I off the mark in thinking that this sounds a little bit like Radiohead in, in the in the vocal sense? Maybe not necessarily in the instrumental sense, but in the vocal sense. Oh, see, for me, he always sings with that. He sings in an English accent, like <laughs> he's doing it right now that we're listening to. Yeah. On the song Saturday, you really hear it. He always kind of sings in like an affected. Um, Mark Bolin, yeah, T-Rex, type T-Rex thing. British accent. Right, right, yeah. right. Oh, that's where it is. Right. It's the Mark um, Bolin. And, thing. and yeah, I'm not the first person to point this out either. That's uh, like Pitchfork, like called them out early on it, like way like 10 years ago. They're like, you're singing a British accent, which is pretty fascinating and it's yeah. cool. Um, there's a lot of that really high heart, like yeah. high falsettoed three parts harmonies. harmony. Yeah. Um, also, the album is um, bookended by Good Morning and Good Night that three-part mm. harmony of like good morning if you ever heard uh the who's sell out it sounds like the beginning of that mm. but um and so it's like very 60s very like beatlesy like good morning and then at the end of the record it's good night and all that good cool stuff like done in the harmony style yeah and um again that brought out like the more like lightheartedness acousticness um you know that kind of stuff yeah you pick yeah. up this record on the shelf and it's like an impish guy crouched on a tree limb holding an acoustic guitar that's what you're getting on this record okay it's a guy playing acoustic guitar him doing three four part harmonies with himself yeah there's some other sparse instrumentation a great um, great la la la's over yeah. stuff yeah. but it's it's very simple is not the right word but you know like stripped down yeah um, it's it's like garage rocky neil young a mm. little bit it's not so much like it's a yeah. it's in the acoustic sense where like he where Neil Young isn't afraid to put like a heavy backbeat on an acoustic guitar. Yeah, like some of that. It's got like a lot of that on here. It doesn't. He doesn't sing like Neil Young at all. No, you know no. what I mean. No. And the Radiohead uh, comp what, it does make sense to me because music wise, it, it reminds me of Radiohead's most recent album, Moonshape Pool, which is that like dreamier, more subdued mm. texture stuff, um, kind of wispy sounding and. Yeah. Um, yeah, all all the songs. Not that, not at all what I expect. I mean, looking at the album, I should have expected it. But when you said let's review Ty Signal Seagull, I was not thinking that it was going to be like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be a heavy guitar. Seven record. types of fuzz and yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out: the song "Don't Lie" on here is a cover of uh, um, the band The Mantles tune. So just uh, he throws in like um, every once in a while, there's like an obscure cover on this uh, yeah. on his albums, and this is one of them. So. That I just wanted to throw that out mm, there. That this yeah. was that was the only song he didn't write, and you can kind of tell that it wasn't because it has like a um, the riff on the guitar mm-hmm. is very not tight. It's very like not really Ty Siegel-y. Yeah, it pointed out to me. I was like, "Ooh, I like this a lot. This is different." And I was like, mm. "Oh, it's a cover." But did Pitchfork review this one? They did. What did they give it? They gave this a. I think they gave it a seven two or okay. something like that. It was a yeah. hovering around the seven. Mm. So what do you what do you rate it, Luca? Um, I mean, being that you're the you know. Um, I'm a big Ty Siegel fan. This... What'd you call a Ty Siegel fan? They call he just calls them seagulls. <laughs> oh, seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think his magnum opus is still Manipulator. Yeah. Um, that's from four years ago or something. That's the that's, red and white cover, right? Yeah, I think that's. It's, I think that's 2015 okay. or 14, something like that. You. 
Um, I think his magnum opus is Manipulator. 2014. I think this is a um, an unpretentious album. I don't think it's trying to be what it's not. It's not trying to be his magnum opus. Um, the t- length of this album, too, 34 minutes uh, or 30 minutes. It was like a great, great fast listen. Um, I'm going to give it a 7. I think it's a great record. It's yeah. If you like the style of music, none of the songs are crafted badly, but um, it's just not like the... Whoa, you know what I mean? Well, it's not that white hot like even you know even to like the which um, is my cup of tea for like acoustic music. It's not like you know what I mean. It's yeah. just it's not full bodied. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a um you know it's a great release mm-hmm. and it's fun, but yeah. um it's a seven release for me. So yeah. that's where I'm at on it. I'll meet you there. Check it out, and it's a great modern rock release if you are a person that likes rock music and you're like can never find any good new rock stuff to listen acoustic to. style rock yeah music. like yeah. ty siegel is where it's at and even the song hello high on here is like a, the fuzzier song on here yeah that um, is, he does give you a just a yeah he like still like, sprinkles it in there the with fuzz. that one one song it's not all acoustic but um that, that i mean it mostly is but yeah. you know so th- that's where i'm at on it okay i'll meet you at seven jeff what are you rating sevens across the board okay right yeah, on because yeah it's it's there's good stuff about it. I like a lot of the harmonies. Um, I detract a little bit because, yeah, it never goes fully very different. It's kind of the same palette on every song. Yeah. And melody-wise, it's, you know, I kind of got, a lot of them get lost in the shuffle because I'm Strongly like, wait, agree. this song sounds kind of like 80% the last like the last song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's a seven. It's good. Yeah. Solid. And, also- and acoustic, like, I don't listen to, like, acoustic guitar-focused albums really ever yeah and it's well done for that like if you're into folkish type of stuff like it's good yeah also yeah. worth mentioning uh he's got a great rig rundown oh i did watch. that's YouTube. why i was expecting something so yeah. different yeah because he shows you the uh what guitars does he play and stuff. what are those guitars uh they're like those metal neck guitars uh starts with a, the last name starts with a t Damn. it was like uh, not the Dan Armstrong. No. I know what you're talking about. Though. Yeah, but uh, it's it's definitely worth checking out. It's pretty cool. Uh, he gives the full rig rundown, and he also uh, shows the acoustic guitar, which is featured on this album cover as well. And um, do you have it, Luca? Is it that? Uh, no, it's not. No. The, it's not a Godin. But um, Godin. but yeah, Godin. Yeah, you have to say it. Right. Godin. Godin. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, definitely worth watching the the rig run rundown. Check it out; it's cool. Uh, and um, and his it, it, it uh, you know it's an artistic choice, I suppose. But his um, his acoustic guitar as well. He never uh, put a pickup in it. He only just mics, mics it, it. Yeah. Uh, which gives kind of a more pure, I would say, or better. honest sound <laughs> of the you know better better. I don't better like sound. the mics. If you're a dude, sound. If, if you're a dude you don't like the a... mic acoustic sound, or you don't like the acoustic with a pickup in it sound. No, or oh, I don't like the the di the di. Yeah, no, right. That is my least favorite. Yeah, you, and that's DI what he doesn't. Acoustic? Yeah, he doesn't do that. He it's it's just a it's a purely acoustic guitar, and then he just puts a microphone in front of the sound hole. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about when they come, they straight like have oh, yeah. a mic cord in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do if you're gigging around. If you're playing playing Journey at fucking bars and stuff. But but it sounds like dog shit, man. Yeah, it's a weird sound. It sounds like a... It sounds sounds automatically chorused. Yeah, Yeah. it's weird. I like Paul Simon, like a Paul Simon guitar. Like, what's that video? Monterey Pop Festival. Yeah. That's a good acoustic guitar, Mike. Or I like the the Willie Nelson acoustic guitar 
mic sound. Oh, yeah. Because he has the piezo pickups. Those are a little bit different. That's not like a – it's a different type of response. Anyway, we digress. Um, We're going to have a – we're going to talk about – the two new Jack White albums that were released this year, one back in April yes. and one, the one that was released last week. The and Jack we- Off, if you will. Yes, it's a Jack Off. We're going <laughs> to. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back with uh, the Get in the Garage Jack Off. We'll be right back. Get, get your peppermint strips. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Get in the Garage. We're the music podcast. For music lovers. We've got two new-ish, one new, one semi-new albums from the undead furniture maker himself, (laughs) Mr. Jack White, and this segment we're going to call The Jack Off. The Undead Furniture. <laughs> the Undead Furniture Maker. Jack Skellington. Jack Skellington, a.k.a. The Ghoul of Fuzz Guitar. The <laughs> they need to make him his own fuzz pedal just called The Ghoul. Um, so Fear of the Dawn was the first record that came out in April of this year. So we'll cover that first, and then we will go on to the album that just dropped recently. Uh, thoughts, guys? I mean, what do you think about this record? I mean, we've we've I've had conversations... We've all had conversations with each other separately about what we think about this record. Um, it seems sort of like between this record and the latest one, which is Luca. Can you just rattle off the title? Entering Heaven Alive. Entering Heaven Alive. Uh, it seems like he's trying to very much do this yin yang thing where he's got the loud album released first and then the soft album released second. Not an entirely original idea. Um, I've, I mean, a notable band, and of course I have to mention them on every podcast as often as I can. Opeth did this with two albums called uh, Damnation and uh, Deliverance. Um, uh, people have been doing this forever, though. You have the, like, but, the yeah. heavy side, the light side on albums f- f- as far back as like ni- the 60s. Yeah, because yeah. this first one, Fear of the Dawn, is very Even Dylan. Dylan hard did it rock. bringing it all back home. He's got the acoustic right. side and the band side. Yeah, this is right. very modern sounds, fuzz pedals, octave pedals, rock and drums, right. squealing lead vocals, triple-tracked lead vocals. Yeah. Um, it sounds very current and very... Experimental. Experimental and... There's some like strange carnival esque flourishes, you know, just like yeah. the type of melodies he chooses, the type of feels. He he pretty much plays he plays ninety five percent of everything on this album, and similar to yeah. the second album, he plays most of the instruments on that as well. Um, so it's kind of like a one man project with some collaborators on a couple of different instruments on a couple of different tracks. But uh, I don't know, it's like pretty full throttle rock and roll and the shit is smashing the drums are hot and the guitars are searing and uh you know he's doing his i don't love love jack white but he's doing that screamy singy thing that he does that whale and uh I think it's well done. I don't yeah like the singles the singles were good like taking taking me back was good um like I like that. It was a heavy, like modern. Taking me back. Heavy. <laughs> Taking me back. Taking me back. It's a good uh, modern yeah. rock song. Yeah. I felt, um, and it sounded new and hip and cool. Um, also, shout out to like the millionth time Jack White has sung about coffee in his <laughs> lyric. Um, how, how are you taking your coffee? Are you taking it black? Are you taking me back? Um, you know, so I uh, just wanted to shout that out. Um, yeah. And, you know, I liked, like, the hev- the stuff that was heavier on here, I did like. Like, the Fear yeah. of the Dawn, heavy, I liked that. Um, White Raven was, like, kind of heavier, I liked that. 
where I think we all uh, start to like waver with this album is where it does kind of get into like where Jack White experiments in his heavier side. I think we're all in agree like, yup, go heavier. That you're sounding good. The heavier the music's coming out, um, the more experimental and jazzy and rappy and um, reggae, reggae and hip hoppy he's going. Um, I feel like those are the um, points in the album where he's faltering and he's not stepping assured in making a solid song. At well, that specifically, point. we're talking about one track in particular. Oh, I have a couple on this album that <laughs> let's um, roll our all, fit, up. all fit what I just well, said. Well, let's start with the first the most main, obvious The main one. culprit would be Heidi Ho, Hi-ho. featuring um, <laughs> one of, I think, all of our favorite artists, Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. Um, so these are two artists that we both like, um, but together... Um, they sample a Cab Calloway um, song, and um, what I would describe as the two-word I- review. Shit sandwich. They um, can't print that. Heidi Ho. Can't print that. Um, the idea of the song is for me seems to literally be the phrase Heidi Ho. <laughs> um, they're like, what are the lyrics? And about? sometimes it's Heidi Ho, de Heidi Heidi Ho. <laughs> It's like there's no <laughs> lyrical content above the name of the song, and for me, that's the the biggest issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just loops on nonsense. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun if you swimming in a sea of. Oh wait, I can't say. It's that. fun if you if this was a one off single and you release this for like a fun, like kind of like a piss take kind of song. Yeah. Um, it could have had like a radio yeah. clash. St- like style to it because it was like the dum 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 like the beat was not the worst thing I've ever heard but um, Q-Tips feature on it too is some of the whack most wackest whack. shit you're right uh. <laughs> the most wackest shit I've ever heard in my life if he did that it would have been fucking better than what he did yeah um, I just it's such a Mariah raise, Carey uh, Chuck he, he rhymes Mariah Carey Chuck Berry it's fucking lazy I mean, it rhymes it's lazy <laughs> All right. Um, you have so uh, you said that some other tracks stuck out to you as being um, lacking. I, I, I think one of the songs you might bring up, uh, Yesophobia. Yep. I actually liked that. I liked his like Latiny Santana-ish type of. See, for me, because I was like, oh shit! I wish it, Jack White did more of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Where it's kind of like, for me, ooh, that cool. song wasn't my the reggae part of it wasn't my favorite. The yeah. rest of it was more of my favorite, mm. but. Sandwiched between the songs, it's sandwiched between it's sandwiched between Heidi Ho and um into the Again. and <laughs> and into the twilight. So when you have like the three of them, like it, yeah. the three kind oh, of like yeah. experimental songs in a row, um some some experiments go bad. <laughs> yeah, and it feels <laughs> it like fails. He, the fine line between he genius and stupid. It, like the three, it's like heavy, and then it gets like jazzy rap yeah. and then it gets yeah. like reggae and then the song you know that song is it's weird it i for me it almost worked like the reggae part of mm-hmm. it it like almost works for me yeah. but didn't work enough but that into the twilight song after for me is almost worse than the heidi ho song because mm-hmm. it there is a literally the definition of filler for me mm-hmm. and to the point where i kind of knew this was a filler track both of these albums are how long 
40 minutes. Exactly. One of them's 40 one's, minutes. One's and 12 seconds longer than the other, I think. Exactly. One's, it's 10. One, yeah. The other one's 40, 10. So for yeah. me to feel like this is not filler is hard for me because the only mm. lyric to it is Into the Twilight that a woman sings and maybe he sings a high harmony on. Yeah. And it's just like a, a, a groove riff. Yeah. There's no good guitar solo on it. Mm. Um, so for me, like, I, this is me nitpicking, but like, you know, I really like the heavier songs and where it just gets weird for me. And like yeah. lyrically, you're not saying anything to me, not saying anything. So that's the other issue I have with that. And then it picks up like the last three songs on the record. They were like, you know, yeah. heavier or not yeah. really heavier, but just like more like solid, and more like, solid, yeah. more like you know assure of themselves yeah. and for me it just gets lost in the sauce in the middle yeah you had said to me when i because because i had called luke yesterday and i was talking to him about it and i'm like i've i listen i've li- i listened to this album at least like four or five times because i'm like i don't do i like this record i couldn't figure out if i liked it and it was very frustrating because upon the first listen i a beat it right i i listened to it well when it first came out i gave it a quick run through but then i never really revisited it until we decided we were going to do the jack off and then i listened to the recent album and then i like a beat them you know what i mean i went from one to the other initially i liked this record more than the latest release uh but upon listening to this record more uh my opinions kind of flipped on me because you know, it's as probably like no surprise. You know, I'm 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 a heavy guy. I like the heavy music. I like the fuzz. I love the rocking songs and all that kind of stuff. That's why up front I kind of favored this record. But then when I listened, kept listening to it, it was just yeah. It's like you had said. It's like it's it's kind of hard because it almost feels like this album has no soul, um, or at the very least, it's like. It's, it's, search, just, it's, it's searching. It's it is searching, and you know what? Listen, ultimately, credit where credit is due. Jack White is a guy who kind of like you know, granted, you know, with the White Stripes kind of founding the the garage rock revival thing. Shout out to that episode too. We did a garage rock revival episode. Check that out. I'll try to link that. But you know, uh, he's the reason why I, I've heard of Sun House. I mean, he he's probably the only reason why I ever watched that. It might get loud documentary. You know, but. You know what I'm saying? I watched that for the edge. Yeah. <laughs> you would. You would. <laughs> That's like, not blues music? He's like, I just... I just can't, can't play blues music with three delay pedals? <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying, though? Because, and, and all, you know, credit to Jack White, man. He, he started really... Third Man Records. He's done a lot for music and for he... the, you know, resurgence of vinyl records, and you know? And to say so... this, too. He's a, he's a contemporary rock artist that makes challenging records he's still pushing the envelope on his music and right. he's not stagnated right there are so many stagnated bands um i'm gonna right. i'm gonna throw one we talked about their album last fall even to say like my morning jackets last record i felt yeah. was like a my morning jacket record and for me um jack white's at least like challenging me to be like this is this is a new jack white record right and uh, whether I like it or not, um, I respect it on many yeah. levels. So and to speak and to speak to that too, um, you know, another band that the White Stripes were constantly compared to a band, the Black Keys. Right? You look at the Black Keys' latest release. We've talked about it. We talked about it a few episodes ago. It's it's a Black Keys record. Like in other words, Jack White could have done like the he could have done like a lazy thing and just released just kind of like oh Jack White does like electrified quirky blues songs if he wanted to and he could have got away with it and people probably would have received it fairly well and it would have been like oh yeah there's Jack White doing 
yeah. you know, a bluesy, electric, kind of interesting Jack White thing, you know, but he didn't do that. So that's why maybe if... You don't think so? What's that? I think this album is... I think these both these albums are so in line with the way he does. I they think, didn't seem, like, strange to me. See, no, for, but I think... For me, they they he could have, like... I'm talking, like, he could have just, like, went and made, like, a... Garage, Bullshit. Yeah, a yeah. garage, right, right. a safe Jack White record, right, right. and this isn't a safe Jack White record. It's no, a fucking, no. it's a, it's weird, in line. It's yeah, a, it's a weird fucking record. It yeah, and it's it's there. in line with. That's why we were talking earlier, remember? And I was like, this is at this is simultaneously, like one of the most Jack White records I've ever listened to, but mm-hmm. like not really Jack Whiteish to me because it's like it he does all he his, hits. It has all his clothes on it, but um, he's you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like he put his clothes on like different mannequins. Yeah, and it's and it, it certain tracks you know maybe he didn't necessarily hit the mark. However, it was a challenge. It was a palette challenging album at least for me. And in that sense, I think that it was uh, successful. You know what I mean? There was there were some challenges. Are we gonna save the ratings till we talk about the last one? Yeah, or? let's. Do you want to? I mean, I, I think we could give them now. All I mean, right, go ahead. Show, I, and I like I like this album. I would say my my ultimate view on it is, um, I like compared to Blunderbuss and Lazaretto and all the other ones. It's so much, and the White Stripes. It's like what I know, what I kind of expect from him. But also, he is uh, he gets interesting sounds like mm-hmm. some of the tones of guitars and the structures of songs get kind of strange. Um, and goes balls out, and I wouldn't say big swings like stylistically, but big swings like he is putting his energy into his music. Like he doesn't. Yes, he's on like an Apple Watch commercial, like one of his old songs is featured yeah. on that. But he he's not a dude who cares about like can I make something that sells records? Because he's like, if people like it, they'll buy. If not, whatever, fuck it. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I'll give my rating. Okay. Solid seven. Because I thought it was, I thought it was good, and what I'll go back to, I'll really go back to, and the three tracks I'll skip, I'll skip. Yeah, um, I'll go six eight, six eight five. Five. Oof, Luca. What did uh, Pitchfork did review this? What did they give it? They, I, six and a half, probably. Was it, or something. Yeah, I think, uh, something I think like they that. gave it a four point five. No, no, was it? Oh, no, it's Jack they, White. they, they six four, and a half or something. They four point five. Um, the the one that was two two albums ago. The one that I can't remember the name of. Yeah, it's like a three-word title. Trading post something. I don't know. I'll get it something for you right like now. That. It has a picture of kind of his face, but kind of it looks like a woman's face. That's exactly right. That album is called... House. Something House. Boarding House Reach. Yeah. Yeah, that... um, I think they Which out of all of his soul albums, that's the one that has the least memorable stuff. 6.5 is what Pitchfork yeah. gave this record. I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. yeah. All right, well... That's where so- I'm at. Onward then, because I feel you. This past Friday, he released "Entering Heaven Alive," which was the old timey you know, kind of acoustic brother to yeah that first one. And I, I I enjoyed this record up front. I wasn't huge on it, but upon further listens, I this one kind of grew on me. Uh, to be noted, the first song on that on the the first one yes is yep. the last song on this record um yeah. he gives it to an acoustic type of version yes yeah. uh so just more like to... a kind of like a paris jazz version of it yes mm. really what it is yeah um so Ryan Hart. so let's get into this one what did we think i uh, i did tell jeff 
Uh, and I think I told you too, Luke. It's like when I listened to this record, it reminded me of like if there were like if if this 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 sounds like it's the soundtrack to a movie about like two carnies in the 1920s falling in love. You need a spittoon <laughs> when you're listening to this record. But I dug it though. I was I was after into a long it. day of cutting wheat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go down to the the freak show and you know. Yeah, I I liked this record. It reminded me in. It reminded me of um, some of that at the time, the White Stripes, because the White Stripes were like garage rock, electric guitar, fuzz, octave pedals with just like boom, boom, boom drums. And then like they, Icky Thump and Distill, they did all these kind of old timey type of palettes and sonic explorations of kind of like Tin Pan Alley type stuff and vaudeville styles. And this is much more like that. This has like you know, glockenspiel and marimba and acoustic guitar and accordion and piano, yeah. piano. And, and he loves that, upright, that sort of bass um, and stuff. That kind of like parlor, yeah, like honky-tonky kind of piano uh, thing in there. prepared piano. A prepared piano. Pre- prepared piano. Yes. It's where you like alter the strings or hammers to make it sound different. Oh, you yeah, dampen yeah, it. Yeah. That's like yeah. a, a lot of that sound is. Yeah, yeah. but he like, loves that. You can sound. put like That's... marbles on the strings so that when you hit it, it like kind of rattles. Yeah, stuff. yeah. But he peppers that in. That's yeah. like one of his favorite. It remind, go-to me, sounds. It remind me of some of the, um, not as like gruff and front, like a, a sailor type of uh, Tom Waits stuff, but mm. it's in that vein of like trying to recreate the, not folk like, Bob Dylan folk music, but like the Americana like folk music of the thirties and forties of the depression era because all the instrumentation and the song structures are much more in line with that kind of like European inflected jazz. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is like the, like gypsy violin sort of influence stuff. And, um, that, right. Stefan Grappelli and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would say the only thing where I just didn't, I, I it felt like the only, if I'm giving it a criticism, I felt like maybe some of the string arrangements that were kind of woven in sounded a little bit like he was trying too hard. Maybe that's just me, but I was like, I see. I liked the, the more stringy he went, the more I liked it. Like, cause it was just like a step out of like the, the the norm. The yeah. norm. Yeah, I just felt like he was putting me on almost. I don't know. Step right up, Meester. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> Let me guess your weight. <laughs> the snake the snake oil salesman. <laughs> I got the cure all. Yeah, so clear up For your me, mumps in no time. A lot of this sounded like um a tune off of um down oh. the, uh Get Behind Me Satan called um Ugly As I Seem. Um and it's it sounds a lot of this record sounds like that song. Yeah. Um Again, like um, some of the melodies are kind of like ones I've we've kind of heard from Jack White before, but um, they're not done bad. Uh, like you said, it's kind of all that thing for me again, where the album doesn't work as well. Um, is um, got you surrounded? I think is the name of that song on here. That's like more jazzy. The again with me, the jazzier he gets. Um, the one is is where I like kind of lose him. Mm. Um, but where i think i've got you surrounded i like that song um see that's where it didn't work for me on this record and the other song that i also did not i love um instrumentally but i did not enjoy lyrically was a madman from manhattan those are my two favorite songs on the record (laughs) oh my god so this i'll tell you why i don't like it and then jeff will tell you why he does um for me it sounds like bad slam poetry um Again, it's not anything personal for what I feel is coming from Jack White. 
Um, it just sounds like a story he's kind of making up, and it doesn't really captivate me in the way that like Paul McCartney does that. Um, in like you know, um, you know, in his songwriting, it doesn't really work for me in that way of like a story about somebody like Eleanor Rigby or somebody. Um, like where I buy in instantly. This one, I'm just like, it feels like you're putting me on because this feels like slam poetry. Um, and for the whole record, the beginning of the record to really feel like um kind of like tender and like loving and he has like these like fun like the the crumbs song where he's like talking about like we're gonna walk each other home and we're not dumb we'll leave crumbs like that kind of stuff for me i like that because it works for me it seems like his it seems like him genuinely like wanting to write like that and that feels like right for Mm. me and then when he's like doing like cat in manhattan was walking down the block took a train with a letter on it and you're just like what indian scattered highway <laughs> bleeding that's exactly like and i'm just yeah. where it gets to that point i'm just like i like him where he's like you know more like silly like talk making the cough like that kind of stuff and for me where it works in this album is you could tell he fell in love and got married recently yeah and all those songs where he's like talking about love and reflection and those all are like yep they yeah. work for me. I believe you 100%. Um, and then when they get jazzy, I feel like you're kind of giving me a put on. Yeah. Um, because lyrically, they kind of they move out of that space where he do- it doesn't seem to be singing so tenderly or mm-hmm. like singing so like poignantly about something or somebody. Um, and, th- you know, for me, that's kind of where it's at. But I did like this record on a whole so much more than the um the first, the first release this yeah year. luke's this... gonna give it a 5.2 <laughs> uh, can i say I something did, that was probably the harshest review i gave but yeah. um it's honest but well, it is I'm, honest yeah. and i feel like i know he is a great artist c- capable of great things and of classic 10 out of 10 albums i've heard yeah. them i've listened to them they've made them so um that's why i like you know i just yeah. I'll, I'll be critical on it but um i did like um that you know all along that song and you know there was good stuff on here i'll say I, one thing that did really impress me with this record too is that you know because jack white is sort of like the guy who does all those crazy stacked fuzzes and you know create you know like a octave blown out hot coming in all that stuff one thing that i did really enjoy about this record that i thought was really refreshing was um just listening to him with an acoustic guitar and really his his real impressive finger picking style was really for me i was like oh shit like he 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 can play a nice acoustic guitar man there there was some stuff that he was doing on on these like, on these songs that i was Beatles-y? like Beatlesy, you know with, like the glockenspiel in the back sometimes yeah and even still even the finger picking style stuff you know maybe a little neil young reminiscent or maybe like a little james taylor reminiscent it's not it's not that wholesome me like thing that james taylor does but it very much that sort of like you know that the technique i think his his finger picking technique style was really for me quite surprising and really enjoyable um i agree with you and like on that song like help me along too mm-hmm. like um i thought i was like oh this is like a, kind of like a better done version of like when john mayer win um neil young oh yeah you know what i mean oh yeah yeah uh born and raised like oh, sure, those albums sure. like for me like the the acoustic songs on here where he's yeah. doing that those i'm like this is what i wanted from john mayer man like yeah. where he's like 
doing that kind of thing, like because it has its own flavor in it. And That's an interesting comparison, though, because yeah, this is sort thought. of like this is kind of like the dark parallel universe version of Born and Raised. It's like this that kind also of... parallels Ty Siegel's Hello High. This sounds just like that. Yeah, right. Too. Well, that was another thing that I noticed too, because we were I was listening to all three of these albums, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of like a nice companion piece for the two. That, I think that they, they complement each other in that Sonic Zone for you know a lot of it yeah until it kind of like gets off yeah this one definitely takes a little bit more risk i think in terms of absolutely stylistic uh risk and and all that i think ty siegel's record was maybe a little bit more safe if you want to call it that absolutely but um but yeah all in all so so what's your i I think i think when we listen to these records so like a lot of times in our reviews you bring up lyrical content and stuff like that i think in general i would say you guys listen to this stuff a lot more in the week leading up because i'll Unless I'm like obsessed and love the record, I give it two hard top to bottom listens, and like I don't even I don't even really pay attention to words until yeah. the fifth time I listen to something. Yeah. So I kind of like get gist of whatever. But um, as far as like my so my thoughts on this record and a lot of records are like, do I enjoy the world I'm in for that 45 minutes? Mm, yeah. Are there moments? Are there periods where I go, Ugh. or I or I go, oh, this is surprising. That's like how I generally rate these things. But uh, yeah, so I liked this kind of old timey, mm. you know, the furniture maker <laughs> with the stove, <laughs> stove, whatever they call it, corn cob pipe and yeah, yeah. suspenders. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this a little bit more than the earlier album. Yeah, because I would I enjoyed being in this forty minutes more than the previous one. That's a good that's a good way of putting it because I w- I would agree with that too. Yeah, yeah. It's so the more the I listen, the more I listen to it, more I'll have like nuanced things on on lyrics and subject matter and you know all that kind of stuff. Oh, well, can I can I give one criticism? I know we already covered the first album, but there's one line. I think it's in the is it in the last track or the second to last track where he he's like it's better to like illuminate than it is to oh what's that line? But it was so I'm just like Neil Young already said it's better to burn out than to fade away. away, and I'm like it was totally that kind of a vibe. He's like it's better to illuminate than like burn out or something like so, that. Only so many words in the English language. I guess so, but that that was I mean if you know of course I, I just I just want to bring that up because I forgot to bring it up when we were talking about the um, um, Fear of the Dawn record. But um, um, I'm giving this a seven point five. Ooh, seven point five. All right. Um, I'll go. I'll go solid seven. I'll go solid seven, but that's just because I'm just like I love the White Stripes so much, and I, those records were just so like important to me that like this record for me, it's like I'll I, I'll just go back and listen to to the White Stripes do stuff that's more in this vein than this record itself. I like this record, um, but I'm gonna give it a six five. But um, I it's if you're again a solid, this is a solid listen. Yeah. Um, just for me, you know. Yeah. Just you know. I'm, that's where I'm at with you. My gauge now, just so you know, is like I gave Journey's new record a seven, so now I judge everything they against that. Against that. <laughs> that's that's the benchmark now. Yeah. Um, I think I also gave Oof. that. I think I rated. Now that you said, yeah, that's a. I rated that Journey record listen, higher I, than both of these. No regrets. I, I stand. I stand by that. Don't I stop. Listen, for Luke. that Journey record, it was a solid Journey record. Don't stop believing. Solid seven. Solid seven. I never will. And more of a Scranton seven. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, cool. Let me see what we're working on time here, because we did want to. All right, well, quick we got, shout out. We got Let's a few. A we, got a, we got a few minutes just to. to so to since we're talking about um, artists that that uh, dwell in the garage rock uh, world, we want to just kind of throw out some of our favorite garage rock records for you to check out, 
as album recommendations. Um, we don't have to get too into it. You can give a little brief thing if you want. Uh, I can start if okay. you guys want. Uh, we are talking about five. My So like, like with everything in music, especially when you're talking about putting things under a category, people get so like, yeah, but it's, it's not this, so it can't be this type of music. It's like, whatever. If For me, garage rock is, is it rock music, and does it sound like the band could have recorded this album in a garage? I go like literal, literal definition. Yeah. So my five, um, in in just chronological order, uh, from 1969, MC5's "Kick Out the Jams," a live album, Detroit, recorded over Halloween weekend, um, seminal classic, maybe the first official garage rock record, or like the first, you know, the a uh, big totem. My number two, the same year, 1969, the first record by the Stooges, the self-titled Stooges record. Um, my third. Jumping ahead to the 90s, 1994's Weezer's Blue Album. People might say it's a pop rock record, alternative rock, whatever. It literally it's, has a song called In, in the, the Garage. garage. And it, yeah. if you listen to this album, it sounds like four dudes playing in a garage on their own home recording system. Uh, my fourth is from 2006. It's the first album by Arctic Monkeys. It's called Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I'm Not. It sounds like... Uh, a dirtier, scuzzier, modern Beatles style of like their help type of music. Uh, great British accents. Great British accents. And my fifth is from 2016. It's by an Austin, Texas-based band called White Denim. It's an album called Stiff. Oh, you like White Denim? I love White Denim. I know you like White Denim. Yeah, and this is like kind of, it's um, Southern, psyche kind of jam band ish you know dipping a toe into that but it's garage rock you listen to this shit and it's like yep it sounds like garage rock so that's my five how about you guys you want to go michael oh, you can go ahead you go ahead uh i'm gonna shout out i got some visual things here i got uh the shadows of the night gloria um great record the original gloria is done by uh van morrison's them um this is a great garage rock band out of chicago they do all the hits, got my mojo working, all that great stuff. Bluesy, um, angry, uh, punky, wonderful, moody, mid-60s. Check it out. Uh, I'm going to hit you with the Pebbles compilation released in the early 70s. This has all great, obscure garage rock hits. <coughs> um, if you've heard of the Nuggets compilation, this mm. is the dirty cousin to the Nuggets compilation. Every mm. song in here is dirty, where Nuggets usually has like a hit song. These are all like obscure songs, um, all mid-60s garage punk I bands. thought that was a picture of me. Oh, right? Could be. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's a great Shadows of the Night ad on here of them eating potato chips. That's like mm, really delicious. rare. Wonderful. We're a big potato chip Former potato chip Not for long. Former Walmart. potato chip for supporting long. podcast. Mike, you you want to grab me that uh, yellow book? This one here? Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> Lester Banks hey, man. wrote a book called uh, Psychotic Reactions and Carburetor Dung, and he wrote a <laughs> wonderful piece about this Garage Rock classic right here, The Count <clears throat> Five's Psychotic Reaction. Psychotic Reaction is one of the best garage punk songs of all time. Um, numerous other garage bands covered Psychotic Reaction. That's how, like, um, legendary it kind of was. And in the later 70s, Lester Bangs, the um, great uh, rock critic, wrote a piece about how this was such a seminal, seminal, seminal rock record. Um, so the Count Five's psychotic reaction. What else do I got? What else do I got? I got 
a modern oh, garage Mike, rock you. record. Uh, we have Ty Siegel's "Melted," um, one of his. Oh yeah, one of his earlier releases. Uncanny. I believe this came out in 2010, <laughs> and it is just a modern garage rock classic. It is fuzzy. It's one of his fuzziest. I'd say if you're talking garage rock and Ty Siegel, this is probably his most acclaimed. No, you know who that is. That's the decomposing corpse of Jerry Garcia. Oh yes. Thanks, Jerry. Um, <laughs> I would be remiss if I did not bring up this Boston group. Um, you know, I'm going to claim this one. Uh, the Standells in their hit Dirty Water. If you are a Boston Red Sox fan, you know this song. But this is a garage rock classic and um, a great record. Uh, a garage rock band out of Boston. I don't know how many I've done. Do you want me to do more? I don't know. I think that was five, but you can keep keep them coming. If I, you got, want. I got another modern one before we leave mm, here. I like this that is one. Uh, the OC's uh, Floating Coffin. And this, for me, is such a garage rock modern-day classic. This is probably their most well-recognized album. Um, Toe Cutter Thumbsucker, or whatever that song is, is on here. Also, I Came From The Mountain is on this record. Oh, Two of the biggest song. OC killer, killer songs song. right right on there. So yeah. everybody knows that. I would highly recommend this if you are a fan of modern garage or modern rock records and you haven't heard yeah. this record. This <clears throat> is a great fucking record. Right on. Yeah. So for mine, um, in no particular order, I'm gonna go with. I mean, in the in the spirit of Jack White, the White Stripes, Distill, Distigial, Distill. Distill. Um, that record for me, that was like one of the first White Stripes records that I ever purchased, and uh, incredible, incredible album. Definitely, definitely give it a listen. It's that stripped down, bare bones, killer, Meg White, super sparse, you know, uh, drums and all that. Um, I'm gonna then go with. The, the A to the B, uh, the Black Keys with uh, Thick Freakness. I love that record. Another one that's like super stripped down, super more modern garage rocky. Um, next, I'm going to go with the Kingsman in person. You might know them from their hit Louie Louie. Uh, Phenomenal garage Louis rock Louis. record. That Phenomenal. one, it's hard to find. You can't really find it on any any streaming services, but the their best of is on, I know it's on Spotify, features a handful of tracks that were also on that first uh, Kingsman record. Fun fact. Yeah. The song Louie Louie, the drummer messes up and comes oh, back in and yells fuck in the middle of it. And it gets played all the time on the radio. You can clearly hear it. And that song, too, is the only song that actually features uh, what's his name on vocals. That's the only song. Yeah, uh, that the singer was on. Yeah. Yeah. That the singer was on. Um, I'm going to go also with hold on. Let me just pull my list up here. Um, bring it more modern. I'm gonna go with King Tuff's Black Moon Spell that was released in 2014. Um, uh, his first album might arguably be like the more garage rock classic of the two. This one's a little bit more, you know, 70s Black Sabbathy leaning maybe tendencies. But Black Moon Spell was my introduction to King Tuff and um, just a great killer fuzzed out record that definitely the, sounds like it could have been recorded in a, in a garage the title track on that Let's record be real. is so good that's oh, amazing it's amazing um and then i also had the stooges funhouse up i know you did the first yeah. stooges record but i'll go funhouse because recorded I, live because i just i i yeah. love that record funhouse is probably my favorite stooges record it's probably one of my favorite records like maybe of all time shout out to detroit you know tvi um, 1970 and then just a quick shout out to a band called The Flies. They were also known as the Fabulous Flies. They were considered like Australia's Beatles. 
Um, it's kind. They're really. It's kind of a pain in the ass to find their music. I don't have a specific album because I think they were just like a singles group, and then like they eventually broke up. Uh, but they do a killer version of "I'm Not Your Stepping Stone." That's really cool. And then another song called um, "Tell Her That," which is another great sort of classic kind of like garage rocky tune and that's um, f-l-y-s no no f-l-i-e-s there is a band called the flies f-l-y-s yes but this one is called I thought the they f- were why no they're f-l-i-e-s yeah, okay. yeah. But check them out. Shout out to Father Themi Adams, who became a Greek Orthodox priest after, um, uh, you know, and he's, he's doing a lot of great work in Sierra Leone. So, you know, hats off to him. But, yes, he was the bass player in this band, and that's how I found out about them. Uh, just a killer band, like I said, just singles. Um, but shout out to uh, a cool sort of Australian Beatles garage rock influenced, uh, influenced band. So there you go. Love it. Love it. So there you have it. Let us know what you think. If you can think of any other classic garage uh, garage rock bands, albums that you would recommend, please throw them in the comments and let us know. What Jack Al- White album is better. That's what I want to know. Yeah, let us know. Please let us know which Jack White album you think is better. Um, before we go, remember once again, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Rate on iTunes and uh, share with all your friends and spread the good word of the garage. And until next <laughs> until next time, I have been Mike. I've been Luke. I've been Jeff. Have a good week at school, everybody. We'll see you next time. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows, please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.